I remember when I was a kid, Mike, George Foreman made a comeback in which culminated with him winning the heavyweight championship of the world. You know what his motto was? What was it? Life begins at 40. And this is episode 40 of Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. We're here. We're just getting started. Just getting started. Five more and we win the championship. (laughs) (laughs) George Foreman winning at 45. But yes, that's... um, We made it. A thing I thought of there, you know, George Foreman, life begins at 40. Man, 40 episodes. They've gone by quick. Gone by quick. It's been a lot of fun. Feel like we just do an episode and a few days later it's like hey uh, we need to record again and it's like it's, wow uh, holy holy crap <laughs> have a lot of fun doing it we've learned yeah, a lot man. right we learned a lot and all about each other learned all about our fans a little bit yep. you know we got some people some loyal listeners out there yeah man you know we and we want to thank the loyal listeners because Everybody. every every week we notice there's a consistent bunch that listens to our to our podcast and a bunch of people that tell me, hey, you know, we listen while we work out, while we walk, yeah. while we go running yeah. and all that. And I, you know, dude, it's I, I appreciate it so much because, you know, we're just a couple of dudes just That's talking it. about something we like. That's it. We appreciate it. We appreciate, we the, appreciate love. it. Appreciate the love. The people <laughs> listening, the people we don't know that listen. Some people have come up to me at the park saying, hey, man, I'm listening to you. And we have appreciate gotten, that. We have gotten pretty good. Yeah. Not going to lie. It's fun. We're having a great time. We are having a good time, but of, of course, as always, DJ ADSR. ADSR underscore music. Wilbur Reyes, the man. What a beat. Yeah, bro. What a beat. It's it's so damn good. It's really good. How's Sammy Love doing? He's good, yeah, man. We can never he, forget. He's, Listen. He's killing it, man. He came through we at the beginning. We can never forget. Episode, what, episode, three? Was it three? Yeah, because one, episode. we used whatever came with this system here. And then, and then uh, we started using Sammy Love, man. Sammy Love. That was awesome. Yep. Can't erase history. No. I say it and, all the time. We, st- we still have a bunch of Sammy Love stuff there, too. Can't erase history. We're using Wilbur now, but very grateful for Sammy Love. For all the DJs out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drop us a line. But as always, uh, brought to you by Diamond Dreams Miami Academy. Hey, we're in the heart of summer ball. We got one team playing a little tournament now. No big deal, boys. It's summer. Summer ball. Staying loose, you know. Um, I'm happy with attendance. It's a little better than I anticipated. I've been putting a little more pressure on people too, you know, but I'm happy with attendance. It's been good. That's good. Great. So, you know, we'll start making rosters July 1st, and uh, by the 20th, everybody should be on the team and uh, know what their assignment is, and let's get to work. You know what I'm noticing in in summer ball? Improvement. There's improvement all around, man. Big time. Um, you're in a you're in a great age, Armando. The transition from five U to six U, it's so fun. And those are the groups where we see the most change. It's awesome. I saw kids you today, know? you know, including my own, you know, catching a ball in know? the air, and it's like, where, well, not only catching a ball in the air, but getting off the base to catch the ball in the yep. air. That's two things. Yep. You know what I mean? So, listen, I'm proud of all the kids, man. Yeah, no, and they the parents, don't have a job And today. the parents that are putting their kids in summer ball, very smart. Play in the summer, train in the summer. It's two days a week. It's country club. There's no games. You should be able to commit to two days a week. Dude, should t- be easy. Today, today's practice, the you weather know, was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> and not just that, but, you know, might end up looking on the outside in if you're not registered. Because it comes down to a numbers game, Armando. 
if I have 36 kids, I'm going to make three rosters of 12, right? It's a numbers thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, so a lot of numbers don't go in the favor of the person that's not registered. Because if I have 33, I'll make three teams of 11. If I have 30, I'll make three teams of 10. You understand? So the numbers have to play in your favor. Numbers got to be at 27 where we need, we got two rosters of 10 and we got to fill a third one. That's what people don't understand. Like there's a lot of numbers that don't work in the favor of non-registered kids. Yep. Do you, is, is that, you get that or no? Like, Absolutely. Right? You have so to. like there's a range of number like from 33 to like there, there, there's a range of number from 30 to 30 something that we're not going to take players. Yep. So my advice is that if you're ever going to take off in the summer, don't. It's only going to help, man. Don't. You know? Don't, it's especially not in this type of program. You know what I mean? But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. No, and, and? I've, seen, I've seen a couple of them coming up, you know, that, that were, that missed a few weeks, and now they're, they're back. They're back Amado, at it. We're letting the I guys, love it. We're letting the guys wear shorts to defense in the summer. Cool as that. You know? Super comfortable. It was having a good time. But it does make a difference in improvements. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. You know Absolutely. what I mean? One thing I was telling uh, David Vela the other day, uh, which, by the way, today I saw him for the first time without a hat. And I told him, dude, you have great hair. Like, you know, you got to let, yeah. let it breathe. Yeah, he's got to let it breathe a little bit, you know? <laughs> great yeah. set of hair, you know? Love having him or him around. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. A lot of fun. But I was telling him the other day, I'm like, man, you know, <clears throat> to me, a pet peeve of mine with baseball I and look and don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong if you're out there and this has happened because hey, you know, in the summer you're in summer camp, you're rushing to practice. You know, you may not have the right shirt, whatever. You know, but you, you have to make the effort, right? Uh, but man, seeing seeing kids practicing without a hat is so weird to me. And I was telling that to Vela, and yep. and there was one, you know, there was um one of the um, one of the drills that they were doing that you guys were doing was when you guys have a runner at home, one at first, runner runs to first, and the guy that's right. at first gets on first, runs to second. Right. And, you know, so Anderson was wearing his helmet at that point. So then practice finishes, he goes back, gets water, and it's, you know, come back out and, and run run laps. Right. And when he came back out, he came back out without his hat. And I was like, Anderson, what's your hat? He's like, oh, man, I left it in the dugout. <laughs> and he was going to go for it, but... You know, they were already starting to run, so I'm like, forget about it. And Bela's like, man, you were just sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and your kid walks out without a hat, but I've always found that weird. Yeah, right. Seeing baseball players with no hat. Yeah, me, it's, 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 my eyes get pulled. They can pull me to the no hat. They can pull me to the no belt. Oh, no belt's a big one, Armando. <laughs> no belt's a big one for me. The no belt's a real big one for me because the belt's got loops. You know what yep. I mean? The belt's got loops. That means it requires a, a belt, right? It's a belt. And another one, no socks. <laughs> you can't wear Amando, the no, the no I don't know. I don't know what's worse, the no socks or the ankle socks with the baseball pants. <laughs> with the shorts, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Or with Zeke Averichis. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's funny. I just, you know, I giggle about it, whatever. I make jokes about it, but, you know. Let's get it right. <laughs> Let's get it right. Dude, the players look so much sharper oh when they're wearing God, a full when they're uniform, fully right? dressed. It's just the way it looks and, so and, nice. and the appeal. And not just that. Like, I think for the kid, you know, I think the kid looking around wants to look good. Listen, man, I, the, 
you know, the, the term that we would throw around, right? You remember when we used to play and we had the guy with the shades and the wristbands. Ah, yeah, potalita, potalita. But, bro, you, you got The guy look. hasn't made that out. But, bro, but I... I, I <laughs> He's got... I, I like that. Hey, if you go out on the field, at least look nice, man. Uh, look nice, Look bro. sharp. Look nice. You know? Oh, yeah. Enough about Diamond Dreams and Armando Alvarez Realtor. Man, Talk the market us. is insane, Mike. I, I keep putting offers for some people. They, they're not... They're not getting it because low inventory, a lot of people looking at the same homes and the same price point. But, hey, that's when you come up with solutions, right? You know, you yeah. give the best advice to your to your buyers that's and right. sellers. They either take it or they don't take it, and then they take it because they realize you were right from the beginning. There you go. But, uh, but, yeah, man, if you need any real estate advice um, or to buy or sell, call me. Let me know. Um, somebody reached out to me a couple of days ago at uh, – at Swing Kings came up to me, hey man, you know, might be looking for a place. So yeah. I appreciate it. You know, you guys listen and know that I'm a realtor. And if you need help, look today, I got two calls from random people from one from New York, one from from Chicago, and I was giving them advice. You know, and and you, you got to treat each person almost like if they don't assume they know. Every state is different. Other states, the buyer pays the the commission. Over here in Florida, the seller pays the commission. So sometimes they ask you like, wait, but why, why do I need a buyer's agent? Can I go directly to the, oh, you need somebody to look out for you, man. You know, of course. you're not yeah. going to, if, if, if somebody's getting divorced, you're not going to say, Hey, you know what? I want a discount. I'm going to go with my wife's uh, divorce attorney. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. You're going to get taken to the cleaners. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, uh, I just mentioned, I think last week I had the longest deal. My career, 94 days, man. Wow. It's insane. Wow. Um, but you know what we did to make it happen? We convinced the seller not only to wait 90-something days, uh, we convinced them to do a second appraisal because we switched lenders because the price was going to be higher, right? Because something sold higher in right. the same neighborhood. If you're the seller and you've been around for already 60-something days or 70 days whenever this happened... And I'm telling you, like, hey, your place could sell for more. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm pulling out and I'm selling it to somebody else. We convinced them to do the second appraisal, which came in higher because of, awesome. the, of the comp. And the difference that we had between the original purchase price and the new purchase price that we're going to put, they credited back to my buyer to make the deal happen. Wow. Because a lot had to happen, man. So it's... Uh, All right. What? At the end of the day... Coming got up it. with solutions. You got it man. done, right? Coming up with solutions because done, at the right? end of the, yep, at the end of the That's day, it. you know, you could go back, you could freak out for a second, but you got to come up with a solution. That's it. Solutionize or lose the client. Or lose the That's client. Your, that's your choice. Yep. Solutionize or lose the client. Because you could give you know? up and say, hey, yeah. not happening. It's not you, though. You're not giving but up, no, Armando. We're not giving up. You're going to do the right thing. Never going to give you up. Not only are you going to do the right thing as down. a realtor, but you're doing it because you're a good person. And that's, that's, that's I think, where... You know, that's where um, we win, where we win. You know what I mean? That's something I tell people. It's you know? like, I'm not, I'm not looking out for, for me. I'm looking out for you because without that person, some people are, are very, um, they have blinders, you know, just focus on, on the deal. What's your Academy. If you just focus on getting the one person nothing, and they're in, no, you need that person to tell another person, yeah. to tell another person, yeah. to tell another person. Yeah. Same with me. 
if I focus on one client, get the deal done, and then I'm like, nah. peace. See ya. Is he gonna is he gonna buy from me again, or no. is he gonna recommend his mom, his right. sister, his brother, his right. friends? Right. No, you know we we work off referrals. Yeah, so, and you want to build relationships. You know, that's the thing. Look, I just joined a a networking group this week, which uh, Bibi Perejora is part of it. He he brought me in, um, and I met with them, and you know they had a couple of realtors going for the realtor uh, position in in the group. And they asked me, like, what's your, you know, and I, I talked about relationships. I've always build, been about building relationships. When I worked in television and we needed to get the interview, you know, we were, I was working for Telemundo or for Univision. And I worked for both. Um, we're competing against that other network to try to get the exclusive. So if I'm in good with the PR people and I treat them nice and I build that relationship, guess who's getting the interview first? You. So I we always, all know that first is that. where you want to be. Yeah, so I've always I've always built relationships, you know. I, one, I like building relationships. I like getting along with people. I I'm, I genuinely enjoy people's company, and you know I I try my best to you know whatever it is at at Anderson School, at Diamond Dreams, at my job, you know, just to build relationships because, you know, they they they. One, because you're a good person, you wanna you're gonna be with these people for, for a long time. So why not get along? Of course. But also let's say for business purposes, you need to build relationships. Yeah. If not you're you're not going anywhere. Yeah, if not you're not going nowhere. Especially if you're being you gotta plant seeds, man. You know, people people want things to be perfect with the person you just met. You know. Doesn't two work weeks that ago way. doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, I believe in planting seeds, man. I think some of the best relationships I've had or I still have you know, I don't have you know, relationships I do have with people. Seeds planted a long time ago, bro. It's no new friends. Oh, absolutely. It's no new friends right now. You know what I mean? I've known you for 20 years, Armando. You no, know what and, I mean? And, but you know what? Even um, even even meeting new people, yeah, man, but, it's... Um, but you got to gotta you, plant that seed, though, Armando. You go and building then, it. And then you go building it. You know, if you plant that seed with... Uh, um, you know, with with let's say hypothetical, you were just saying that there's another realtor in the academy that's in your same job, right? You, yep. plan, you guys planted seeds already with each other, right? Yep. Something may not come up right now, but hey, if a year from now something comes up, there was Absolutely. a seed planted. Yep. You know what I mean? And everybody wins when it's done like that. You know what I'm saying? But Amando, it's easy to weed out the people that don't want the relationships. It's easy course, yeah. to weed out the people that aren't committed. It's easy. You know Look, what I'm I, saying? I, it's, I even, it's not difficult, bro. I even said you know? to some of the parents the other day, you know. You, you don't need everybody to be your buddy, your best no. buddy. You don't need everybody to be, no, okay, but thank you. Just, know, you know what I mean? Cool. You know? You know what? It, it, it's something um, during one of the men's ministry at St. Brendan, the, one of the meetings, Father Miguel, who's uh, the pastor over at St. Brendan, he shows up and... And we're like, hey, Father, you know, and, and we're there talking and stuff. And and somebody said, hey, you know, before you go, you know, we start our meeting. Can you, you know, blessing, pray with us? And he goes, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to present a challenge. And he said, you know, without getting to me, getting too religious or whatever, right? Um, he was saying, just be there for someone. Just be there for someone, you know, right. and, and his, his thing was, you know, sh 
show show someone about about Jesus, but by not saying, oh, because Jesus this and right. Just be there for someone. Set an just example. Just be there. Just be there. Yep. You know? Show you, the good. Show Set the good. Set an example. And you, you know, know what I mean? To, you know, and, and just it. be there for someone. That's it. You know, and it goes a long way in life, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm the first, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that, that could attest to that. I switched careers at 39 years old, complete 180, making a salary, you know, it was a pretty good salary, a career that I had for 16 years that I was very, very good at, that they still call me to do. Five Emmys. <laughs> Five Emmys. Um, in August, I'll be doing th- uh, a production for a couple days, um, working with a with a friend of mine. Nice uh, for for a basketball um, draw that they're gonna have. But you know, I did a complete one eighty, and if it wasn't for like you said, planting those seeds and the relationships early on in real estate, you would have been done. You would have been done. You know how many people switch careers to become a realtor and then they're like, <laughs> never made a sale. Two years in. I'm going done. back to working yeah, at a bank. Been done. And you know what? You know what would have been the most worst part, the most depressing part about it? You would have been unhappy. I would have been terribly unhappy. You would have been terribly unhappy, Armando. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know you don't want that. No, <laughs> you know man. what I mean? And see, that's what I love about this you know? podcast. We could get, we could give yeah. life advice but to listen, people, man. Um, Armando used to have a boxing podcast. Yeah. Right? Super successful, right? And then now... You're back in the mix, bro. Tell us. Tell back us in what you're doing, so man. Tell us how this evolved. Tell us tell us what you did. And so and I want you got to tell me about the scorecard, Armando. So I went to a boxing fight a couple of weeks ago at Miami Highline. I used to cover boxing for a long time. Man, do I feel at home during boxing fights? Oh, yeah. I, I I belong there. You know what I mean? And and genuinely, uh, you belong there. Everybody loves me there. I love everybody there. You know, the referee saw me. Yeah, Armando, what's up? So there's a judge that I know, and there's somebody that I know uh, works in the commission, and they both called me the next day, and they're like, hey, are you interested in judging? Never really thought of it, but yeah, why not? They both called you. Major sign. Yeah, I've been looking looking for a way to get back into boxing without having to cover it, you know, full-time. I'm not working for a TV network anymore. Um, But man, being a judge, I get the best seat in the house. So And you get paid for it. And you get paid for it. So for the first few, I have to do, I have to not get paid for it and be a trailing judge. So Perfect. I'm training. I'm tr- basically training to be a judge. My first assignment trailing was this past Sunday at a Combate Global. It's an MMA fight, an MMA card. Over at my old stomping grounds at Univision, I actually ran to a bunch of uh, nice. uh, former coworkers. But man, is it cool? I'm sitting like, like this is the cage right in front of me. I, bro, I, I smelled all the fighters. So they're fighting. They can be right there in front of you. I smelled all of them, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> but they're, like, right there. You have sweat falling. Oh, no, yeah, bro. That's you got to watch out. Blood doesn't yeah, fall yeah, on of you. Of course, of course. Super cool. Um, but, man, like, I've judged fights since I was a kid. I used to sit in front of the TV watching boxing, judging the cards, you know, judging the rounds. Um, with MMA, judging, too. And... And people at home think it's easy, man. No, it's not. I'm so, I, the first fight, I, I, I sat there, and I'm watching these two guys fight, and I'm here thinking this one guy's winning every round. And, you know, you got to judge based on kicks, on effective, uh, you know, effectiveness. And, and at the end, you know, I'm putting my card, 30-27. The judge next to me, official judge, he 
Puts his card, gives it in. Says, man, what do you think? Oh, 3 nothing. They're like, oh, for who? I'm like, no, for this guy here. He goes, I had a 3 nothing for that guy. Wow. And I'm like, why? No, because this isn't this. He made valid points. Um, it was a split decision. One judge saw it my way, but not all three rounds. Two out of three. And while each judge was rotating, because they rotate, so I had a different judge every fight next to me. Um, and I asked him, hey, that first fight, what do you think? You know, and they told me why they judged it. But, uh, but yeah, it was like eye-opening because I'm like, man, this isn't me at home judging a fight. Right. This is real deal. Like, once I start doing it, like, for real and my score counts, how does this... Somebody's going to be pissed. How do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when the, when, after the, the after, well, when the win-loss checks become really big, they're going to be pissed. Well, no, after the fight, as I'm going home, I'm going back to my car, the guy that I thought won three oh rounds God. to nothing oh, was out there. And some guy is telling him, like, oh, te robaron la pelea. Oh, my te robaron God. La pelea. Oh, my God. And I wanted to tell him, like, dude, I thought te robaron la pelea. <laughs> I thought you won every round. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. But, but yeah, man, and I, and I want to thank everybody for the opportunity, man. Yeah, man. Um, but how, how does that exciting. work? So, okay, so you get certified now, right? Let's say you go through the ranks, whatever, you get certified. You get on a call list. They, you start applying for places. They call you. Are yeah, we so, going to see you and, and the three judges for this one? Are, yeah. At Armando some, at, Alvarez. At some uh, point, I mean, I'm, so I'm already, like, in the system. So now if they're like, hey, there's an event this day, are you available? Yeah, I'm available. Boom. Okay, put me in. Just show up. Park it out, ready get to my, go. Get my scorecard, sit down. Tranquilo. Best seat in the house. I, can't, I was all over the Univision broadcast, man. So seeds were planted, Armando, a long time ago for that, right? Yep. Long, building building long, relationships. Long, long, long time ago, my man. You, you know, you know where I met the guy from the commission that that called me about this. On a plane ride, bro. On a flight, wow. going to Vegas for a fight when I was with uh, Telemundo, and he sat next to me, and I struck struck up a conversation with the guy, and we became friends since. The guy's a former um, former FBI agent. He's a public uh, private investigator. The guy's awesome, and we stayed, you know, friends. Since, man, it's been, I don't know, like 10, 10 years, 12 years or something. And and now that the guy's working for the commission, he remembered that relationship that we build. Of course. So, again, planting seeds, man, building planting relationships. seeds, building relationships. You, know? you never know. Yep. But we are a baseball podcast for the most part, right? Um, so we we should talk uh, some some baseball. A little bit. And I want to talk about the Marlins, Mike, because <clears throat> I got some numbers here, man. So Luis Ahraez is tearing it up. Tearing it up. As of today, he was number two yeah. in the power rankings of every major yeah, league hitter. You know control. who was number one, right? Otani. Oh, Otani won. Arise to and he's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> and two, two very different types of hitters. Oh, yeah. But, Mike, so he's probably going to start at second base for the All-Star team. The question is, will he hit 400, right? I mean, the last guy that did it was 1941, Ted Williams. Um, but there's a bunch of hitters that have flirted with 400, right? George Brett was still batting 400 after 134 games. Um, back, way back when, right? Um, he... He had a stretch, Mike, George Brett did, from May 30th to September 30th, where he hit 470. Yeah, that's... 
And that was the year that him and and Hal McRae would were yeah. battling for the for the batting title. Yeah. I don't remember. My dad used to talk to me about it all the time. But John Olerud flirted with it, 107 games, hitting 400. And Tony Gwynn. For Larry Walker, 97. Though. Tony Gwynn in, in 97, 92 games. Garcia Power for 91 games. And Rod Carew twice, uh, 85 games, hitting 400 in 1977 and 1983. What I'm trying to get at, for those of you listening, is what you're watching, what you're observing, mm -hmm. every time you go to Lone Depot Park or you're watching yep. on Bally's, is that you're watching something yeah. historic. Yep. I went the other day in the, the five for five game. I went, you know, I had my tickets that day. I went with a Coach Joshua. Canimal. And um five for five. People people like there was a lot of DD people there because yeah, they had that dollar ticket for kids twelve and under. So we had set up to like meet, you know, after the fifth inning to the in center field, take a picture, whatever. And a lot of the parents weren't understanding what was really going on with this guy. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, every time we saw two at-bats from back there, they're 4 for 4 and the 5 for 5 So every time, you know, we bear down, whatever, and then, you know, the 5 for 5 and then, you know, when the when the score, when the score, you know, thing changed to 400, everybody went crazy. Ah, oh, people just, like, not getting it. I told them exactly that. I'm like, guys, you know, like, what you're watching here is historic. <laughs> barely even, e even the run. The, just the, the run that he's on is a historic run. The fact that we're this deep into the season – that's 400. Yeah, other guys have done it, but Amanda, you said like five, six names. It's thousands. That got close. Yeah, of baseball. Got close, yeah. you know, but have a, they um, accomplished what Arise is doing I think, right now. I think he's the type of hitter that can do it. I think that he knows how to hit. I think that he knows how to control the barrel very well. You know, I've seen him just on purpose place the ball in places. He's done that a million times. So I think that he is the perfect fit for the type of person that can do it. But on the opposite end of it, on the power side of it, I thought Barry Bonds was the perfect fit for the guy to do it because he's getting walked 220 times a year, and he didn't do it. So I don't but know. There, but there's a type. I mean, you, you just yeah, said it. Yeah. There's a type. Look look at the guys right. I mentioned. I mean, right. Larry Walker was a power well, guy. Larry Walker was a power guy, but, but he... He hit for high average, right? But the other guys you know? were, were like as my dad would say, Hilito. Hilito, yeah, you know, yeah. But that's why I said, like, I, I think he's the right type of hitter yeah. that could do it more than like, like, like a power hitter. But the example of who on the power side, I think, was someone who I thought, okay, they're walking this guy two hundred twenty times a year. This guy's hitting seventy homers. He might have a chance to hit four hundred. It was Barry Bonds, and he didn't do it. Nope. So I don't. So I'm, I'm hoping. To see this, you know, but you know, he's getting, he, he's in a zone, he's in a territory right now where it's important that he stays hot because if he can go another 30 games where he's 398, 402 to 402, I think then we get into a situation where if he's over three, we're going down a half point. If he's, you know, but if he's four for four, we're going up two points. So, right. so he can, these next 20, 30 games, are what's going to determine if he can do 400 or not. And I love that they interviewed him the other day, and he was talking about it and, and what he's doing, and he mentioned one of the hits where he hit it to third base. You know, and and this was a, this is a left-handed hitter talking about going opposite field. Right. And I, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely so, love that. So I'm hearing that during BP, 
he has one of the defenders like stand on the line. And he'll just has like four or five like down the line. That's like his target. Nice. And he likes to control the barrel the whole way. I went the other day super early, the Blue Jays game. Um, I got there really early to watch BP, and I, I was able to catch Toronto's uh, BP. Man, they got some guys here who can mash from on the got some He's a great hitter. bat speed, some hand speed. Vladi is just on another level, you know? But Arias. I have a, um, I have a friend who actually real estate client turned friend, um, Chris Kavorki, and he's from Toronto. Okay. He's living down here now. So he went to go catch the game the other day. He told me, man, you know, um, Arias is a beast. Mm -hmm. he, he's so good. Yeah. You know, and... Um, he's a hitter, and he knows the strike zone well, and the barrel control is just there. He, he went, um, you know, he kept on telling me, like, three for three, four for four. He was, yeah. he was texting me, five for five. He's like, dude, what's up with this guy? I'm like, the guy's amazing. It's out of control, yeah. And Man, listen, like, but the Marlins, what, we're in 10 games over 500 now, Armando, or, or something like that? They're in a great position. And that's without... Without the horse. Yep. The horse, uh, the horse is a pony right now. Yep. It's not a stallion. Had had Sandy Alcantara's year had gone the other way. Well, he still has half of his season. We'd still be in we'd be in first place. Well, the good thing is that the team's performing extremely well with him doing bad. Yeah. Okay. But my question is, what the hell happened? That's a million dollar question, man. What it's a complete the 180. hell happened? I I picked them to win a Cy Young again. We did. We were gonna. I think we all gonna, did. Someone's gonna call us out. If we ever get famous, someone's gonna call us out and say, hey "Guys, you guys don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> no, and I picked the deep wet the ground. Oh my god, he's out. Yeah, he's out. Um, you know, let me let me. I know I've touched on this in the, and hopefully there's some parents that are listening that are maybe gonna have their kids listen or relay it to their kids. But winning hardware is dangerous, Armando. I'm telling you, you got to be careful winning all this hardware. You got to be careful if you're not the right personality because it can really hurt you. So, you, you know, you, you, you work a certain way in the offseason to earn these accolades, right? And everything's good until you're in them, right? Senica Alcantara, Cy Young, all these awards, everything he did up until that moment to be the best pitcher in the league last year, he busted his ass and he worked it. And he earned it. But yeah, once that award was given, none of that mattered. What was he going to do from that moment forward? Did he do enough? Or is he just having bad luck? But did he do enough? Or was he country club? Because that's your, that's your answer, Armando. It's not, can see the release, can see the slider, can see he's off, can see pocket. Those are all excuses. Look, this reminds me. The root uh, of this goes to the day after he was elected Cy Young. Did he do the same routine or did he step it up a notch? You know what I think happened? Too much TV time, baby. Too much TV time, too much interview, too much funny guy. And I hate to say it, but um, Imando, if you're a professional athlete and you have tomorrow going the film crew to film you during your workout, it's not the same workout, Poppy. Oh, absolutely okay. not. It's not the same workout. It's not. You know what I mean? I think there may have been too much of that. I'm hoping he can pick it up in the second half because we need him, and we got a shot. Look, to throw a, a boxing analogy, um, Teofimo Lopez, when he beat 
Vasily Lomachenko, he wanted he wanted Lomachenko, man. He beat um, James Comey. Uh, James Comey. Uh, yeah, was it just, FBI. Not the FBI yeah, guy. Yeah, not James Comey. Um, Richard Comey. Richard Comey. Not James Comey. Could have punched out James Comey rather easily too. But he knocked out Richard Comey, who was a champion, in one round. And he said, I want Lomachenko. And this is a kid who was at the time like 21, 22 years old with, you know, not that many fights. And people were like, you got to be crazy asking for Lomachenko right now. He's the lightweight champ. He, he's the champ. I want Lomachenko. He goes out, he beats Lomachenko. Terrific performance. So people are like, man, Teofimo, he's a top pound-for-pound pound guy. Next fight out, first offense, fights uh, George Cambosas Jr., loses. Loses. Doesn't look the same. He was like, no, that I had COVID, that I couldn't breathe, whatever it was. Fights again against uh, Sander Martin, a guy that he should have beaten rather easily. Man, life and death fight. After the fight, they even catch him hot mic saying, man, do I still got it? To his oh. corner. And this is a guy that had just put the performance of a lifetime. Right. Signs up to fight Josh Taylor, the best 140-pounder who should have had all four belts, but he got stripped, you know, boxing politics. Right. Best 140-pounder. They asked 21 media members, like top media members in boxing, Taylor or Teofimo Lopez, 21 to nothing, Josh Taylor was picked. So Teofimo Lopez, after he won the belt, the gold, the hardware, lost the hardware. There you go. Looked bad in another fight, is doubting yeah. himself. Right. That's it. But this time he's coming as the underdog. Everybody's saying you can't win. You can't beat Josh Taylor. Bro, performance of the year, bro. Beats Josh Taylor, wins the title. So, yes, absolutely that happens. Because there's no reason why Tofimo Lopez should have lost to George Cambosis or why he should have had a tough fight against Martin and then come out and and beat Josh Taylor in what I thought was a pretty one-sided fight. Yeah. Giving a, a, a terrific performance. I mean, he beat the best 135 and 140 well, no, pounder. There's, there's, there's reasons for those things happening. He didn't just... He got lazy. He got lazy. It happens, man. He got. He thought he was on top of the world. You know, whatever it happens, and I and and I understand it. Listen, I. It's got to be difficult to be a professional athlete. Okay. Yes, they got the money. They got. I. I. I get all that. But let's not forget that there's a million feelings and emotions and thoughts and worries. Alongside from the regular life issues that yep. you got, you know what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. So it's tough. You know, it, it's difficult, but. Your your performances are based on your body and your brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? And again, we're we're not we're talking about the best pitcher in the league last year. Like the best. The best. Like hands down. Like it wasn't even, you know, and and something's off, you know. But like I said, I hope that the second half something changes. But his velocity's there. Yep. The pitchers are there. Thank God no Apollo. They are, man. <laughs> but you know, you know what, what happens is that when something like that happens and Sandia Cantra is having an off year, other people have picked up the slack. And one of the guys, Mike, is Eudy Pérez. That guy's a and beast. Man, we talked about him episodes ago when he was in the minors, and I'm like, I want to see this guy in, yep. in the majors. Um, he's only 20, turned 20 in April. He fired six scoreless innings this week against Toronto. Only allowed three hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. His ERA, Mike, is down to 1.54 through eight starts. And 
it's declined in each of his outings. In the last five games, he had just given up one run in 27 innings. Yeah. He's he's building uh, up to rookie of the year, Mike. And, and, and listen to this. At 20 years and 66 days, he's the youngest player to go at least six innings with nine strikeouts and no walks since the 1984 season wow. when a young phenom na- named Dwight Gooden <laughs> did it. And not only that. His seven earned runs through eight starts are the third fewest for a 20-year-old pitcher in the live ball era. Wow. And his .33 ERA in his last five starts is the third best ever for a 20-year-old in a five-year five year span. Making history Behind already. Gordon and Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah, you can. It's, I mean, I'm talking about studs here, bro. We just said, <laughs> we were like, oh, you know, the Marlins, you know, they're, other people have picked up the slack, right? There's your Sandy this year. Yeah. You these your Sandy. That was Sandy last year. Yep. Man, if Sandy can get it right, we can pick up. Oh, hey, Bauer's dealing again. You, you heard His last three outings. He's dealing. He has, man. Damn, but going man. back to going back to Odie, like you heard what Schumacher said. He goes, "This kid's doing this at twenty years old. Yeah. Can't wait to see him five years from no, now." No, 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 no. Beast, beast. The guy's what, like six foot? Yeah, eight, six yeah, foot nine. The beast throws hard. Marlins have always done it. Marlins, Marlins have always been at the upper echelon. I think when it comes to pitching, you know, they've 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 made some good they, draft they, picks and they've had some good. They have, you know, they and, made and, some good choices with that. And look, I'm not I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say the Marlins are gonna win the World Series. I'm not. No, at but all. doesn't but doesn't this season seem magical to you? And and I'm yes. and I'm. I'm going to compare it to the 03 season when you had guys like, you know, Dontrell Willis come up. Eori Perez comes yeah, up. Yeah. Dontrell yeah. was what, like 9 and 0? Yeah. yeah, yeah. his first beast, like 10 beast. starts or something. I'm on the meta. When you. It's a lot of parallels. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of things. Like, so we look at this roster, right? And if we're, we're talking right now, me and you, about the 30 teams, and we say, Amando, are the Marlins going to win the World Series? We're probably like, probably not, right? But we also know. That you got to strap on that uniform, doggy, and you got to go play those games, oh, right? Yeah. But we also know that all you got to do is creep into the playoffs, baby. Because once you creep That's into it. the playoffs and you got your Sandy, hey, listen, I know we're talking shit about Sandy, but you know what? It's still Sandy, baby. Yep. So that day you need him, he gives you that performance. You're, yeah, he's Sandy. Okay, so. Right, if you're on the other right. team, do you want to face no, him? You, no, you don't want to <laughs> face him anyways. No, like, no. fuck, you're still facing Sandy. No. You know what I mean? But my thing is that. Once you creep into the playoffs, now you've become a World Series contender. Yep. Because it. you have the two big arms, okay, and you got the best hitter in the league. Okay? So right now, they got to fight. But if they do get in, they are a contender. Cuidadito. Cuidadito. They are a contender. And if they can pick up my boy, if they can pick up my boy, find it in the heart to pick up my boy. We're gonna be in real good shape. Do you imagine? Put that guy as your One, five. Two, put that you know, Put him as your five. Just leave him. Let him be Tranquilo. Eat up. Talking about adding talent to this team, Mike, and I mentioned it to you on a on a text the other day. You know, if um, if the Marlins are contending at at the trade deadline, something's gonna happen. And and man, like this isn't this isn't me hearing anything. This is me just shooting the shit in my own brain, right? The Angels, the Angels are doing a papelazo now, man. Like they're finding ways to lose. Like nobody so else bad. is finding ways to lose. So bad. So 
you got to figure Otani and Trout are going to be gone. Mike, could you imagine Mike Trout here with the Marlins? Batting in, in, in that lineup. If, if, if they need to add a big bat, you know, this is a team that, that has a low payroll, so they could afford to take on a, a big contract, you know, whether it's for a year or two, and then trade them, whatever you want to do. They have the, the weapons to trade to the Angels, you know, some young minor league pitching, couple players. Dude, it's not far-fetched. That Mike Trout ends up. Armando, you think they with have the Marlins. Angels are gonna? You think they're gonna? They're yes. Gonna move some. They're gonna move them. Yes. Hundred percent. I think so. What's you, so? Because so they're gonna. Let's so, say Mike Trout, who's the face of the Angels, probably the face of baseball. No, yeah, to some degree, guy. right? Still is. Yeah, he still is. Goes to the Angels and says, "I love you guys. I need to go. I've given my heart and soul to this team. I gotta go. But trade trade me to somebody that's contending because this, this is I can't it. take." I mean, you know, logic tells you who end up with, with the Yankees or the Braves or the Dodgers or the Giants. How about a, a team like the Marlins come up and say, "Mike, we believe in you. You're the piece you that's going to get us you are our over guy. the over the top." Hey, stranger shit has happened. Stranger shit's happened. My so the Anaheim Angels, you don't think are going to make a push, um, to sign Otania? Huh? Too much money. Otani's if 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 they trade if Trout says I'm gone, Otani's not gonna stay. You know, unless that team says like, hey, look, you know, we'll trade Trout, but we're gonna get un trauco of team, you know? Uh you gotta show Otani that that you're committed and, and right now this team, you know, they have some good young pieces like Zagneto. I mean I've I've told you guys I'm a big fan of the way he's been playing, but but that team needs to build, man. They need you to show think Otani that, that they're gonna maybe try to trade Otani somewhere before the deadline to get something in return because I'm on though to maybe. to hold on to Otani to the end of the year. If you're not gonna sign him, then then listen and let me tell you something. This may be the blessing in disguise for Anaheim because if you can unload those two guys, you get a haul. Oh boy, two truckloads. This might be what they need. And let me tell you another thing, Amando. I don't think you got to pay guys a lot of money anymore to win. Doesn't seem like it. Teams like Tampa Bay are showing look, it. Look at the look what the Mets are doing, bro. That's a disgrace. Even even the Astros, man, like Mets, getting rid Mets. of Correa and Jeremy Armando, Peña did as good the as guy he. Spent a billion, the, the Mets and Pablo. The guy spent a billion dollars. They're a joke. The guy has to be, I don't know, drinking himself to sleep every night. I guess every night, all the money yep. he's throwing away. And this isn't and a Timmy Trumpet issue. No, <laughs> I think that. Um, I think that going out and getting the right players, man, like Arizona did with this kid, Colin, you know, Car uh, Corbin, Corbin Carroll. Carroll. That kid's fucking amazing. He's a stud. You know, but I don't know if, um, you know, just, I don't know, But there's man. teams just, that there's, are proving this, Mike, right? They're, they're, the teams that are proving it. The teams that are, look at Cincinnati. They're Cincinnati, in first place. E 11 games in a row. I was going to mention them. 11 games in a row. This is the best the Reds have done, the, the streak, best streak in 66 yeah, years. ever. And listen to the craziest stat, right? They have 50 million. That's their payroll. 25 of that 50 million is Joey Votto. Their fourth highest paid player this year. You know who it is? This year. Fourth highest player. Paid player. Active player? Oh, nope. so they're still paying people. They're still paying people. Who is it? 
Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. Who hasn't played since 2010. And he's the fourth highest player. At three points, three point six three million. Right. So what I'm reading here, Mike, is that their players are making under three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they got million. the one superstar. And they have eleven games that they've won in a row. Hey. So you're looking at the teams with the lower payrolls are performing better. Yep. Mets puppet also. Marlins doing great. Yeah. Phillies hey. are trying to fight their way out of the funk a yep. little bit, you know. Bunch of other teams. Look at the Reds. Yeah. Hey, performing, you know. Yankees. Um, Yankees are underperforming a little bit. Yankees are underperforming. Boone's got to go. Boston's underperforming. No, Boone's, Boone, Boone's got to go. Boone has had to go for Boone's years, go. man. Go. That. Yeah. Take him out of his misery. Yeah. I mean, you know. Good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad he won that ALCS against the Red Sox, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, he's. Got yeah. To, we got to turn the page on Booney. Turn the page, um, Mike. You know, I want to. I want to move this along. There was other stuff I wanted to get to, but man, we got to talk about this uh, Titan submarine tragedy, man. Like, you know, and we were talking about this before the show started, man. I, I respect the shit out of the ocean, man. I see the ocean on, on, on my TV. And I start having a little bit of a panic attack. Like when, when I saw the condition of the seas where these people went down, I'm like, hell no, bro. Like, forget me paying 250000 to be on this. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here on Saturday night. Oh, bro, thank you. I'll watch the documentary on the Titanic followed by the movie. And that's enough Titanic for me, bro. You couldn't pay me two hundred fifty thousand dollars to do that. I'm on the what a nightmare. No, what a nightmare. Absolutely you know, and not. I, and I've told the people, a couple of people, this. Told you this. Called my brother. Told him this. I was at a red light yesterday, and I was in my at the red light, and I thought to myself, I'm on the ocean floor right now, in the capsule in my car, and I looked up to the sky. I don't know how far is that, bro? Clouds, thirty thousand feet, twenty thousand feet, whatever it is, whatever it is, doesn't matter. And I said, this is water, bro. Currents, fucking fish, fucking currents, crazy currents, crazy things going on down there that you don't know. And I'm in this fucking capsule. And I can't move. And I am relying on people up there. It's impossible. It's not, it's not going to happen. You know, 250 big ones. A guy on there with his 19-year-old kid. Amando, <sighs> that's man, where man, money, that, peace, that's man. where, yeah, they, yeah. they got all rest, rest in peace, man. Super tragic. But oh, this is where the money thing, dude, like, you're going two miles, over two miles under sea level. And una mierda. Hate to say it, bro. A piece of fucking shit submarine, bro. This is not the type of submarine that people are doing going to the Titanic on. Like when they did the movie, like these, those submarines are 80 feet. J James Cameron was talking about it today. You know what I mean? And, and he said oh that God. this thing was doomed from the start. He goes, look, this is it is a parallel with the Titanic. In, in that, you know, people cautioned this guy and said, man, like. The guy has made like eight trips well. already. Yeah. So well, I'm one of the creator of The Simpsons had already gone on like three times. Yeah, I'm said. assuming that that pressure down there started weakening that hole and they didn't do the proper maintenance. And this, that thing imploded. And that thing just imploded. They you know, all, all, you, all you could hope for is that. That they didn't feel no, like they damn didn't. Thing, no, they man, didn't. No, they didn't. No, of course not. The moment that the moment that anything cracks, that there's a seep of water, their brains are out their mouth, bro. They're done, bro. Like they didn't feel nothing, bro. It's like the Kobe Bryant thing, bro. Straight in, boom, done. You don't feel nothing. You know what I mean? Besides Bro, the fact that I don't like the ocean. I want everybody to know. I don't like the ocean. Okay? If I go to the beach, 
I go up to as deep as I can on my knees so the water's at my chest. Because if something happens, bro, I can stand up, I can fight, I can, you know, something, you know, whatever. But once you start submerging yourself where you can't touch the floor and you have no control, all those animals are better than you. It's their world. You know what I mean? I was the guy not snorkeling. No. As a bro. kid. I have nothing. I have no Wilbur's not gonna like this. Wilbur loves to uh, Wilbur loves to swim with the sharks. Wilbur Wilbur likes loves the ocean. Yeah. I don't like it. It's not. It's not. It's not my thing, man. Bro, I'm not a boat. Oh, I'll serve you the sandwich on the nothing. boat. The, you're gonna come out. The, I'll give you your towel. I'll set the music. <laughs> I'll pass you your beer. I'm not jumping I'm in. Not. I'm. I'm just not interested in it, man. I have no interest in it. You know, bro. The just thinking about the ocean, like, dude, it. Bro, it's you don't know what's no, man. down there. No, man. I respect the crap out of that ocean, man. <laughs> it's not your world. Nope. Fish can't survive on land, man. You put that, you get that, you get a five foot shark and you put him on land, you're going to kill him, bro, right? Because he can't do nothing. All right, now, but if I had to go on a five foot shark in the water and six feet of water, see you're what done. happens. You're done. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I just, I just think that the money thing a little bit, you know, those people have so much money and. And going, you know, are they really into that type of exploring like that much that That's you're gonna insane. risk? You're, you're gonna pay that much money to risk your life? Damn, man, what a sad one. Yep, sucks. And and going back to James Cameron really quick, um, he said he had been down there 33 times, and he said something like, "Oh, I I was on the Titanic more than the captain." Yeah, I'm like, "Guess up, Ingo." Yeah, that's a stupid joke. What a stupid joke. <laughs> what a, what a dumb I'm gonna, shit I'm gonna, to I'm gonna, say. And I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> that's a stupid joke. Avatar that's, sucked. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's stupid. <laughs> Not at the right moment. I'm gonna tell you what though. I'm gonna tell you what's undefeated though. I'm under the memes. Oh, bro, the memes that. that they have already with all of these things. Every time something happens, whether it's tragic or not, and you know, I don't know why, because people don't give a fuck, right? Whether it's tragic or not, they're gonna make memes. Yep. And they did you, did you see the one with the orcas? Some memes. like saying we 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 don't have, we don't know anything about <laughs> oh, this man, submarine. I saw one where the, the Titanic had like ghosts dancing on it, and then it had the the submarine pass by with that music on, like you know that TikTok with them. <laughs> Oh my god! No, like, I saw uh, bro. The it, memes are undefeated. These people that make these memes, I don't have hearts. No, man, I, I saw one zero that heart. Was, uh, you know that scene when, when uh, uh, what was the name? Rose, Rose yeah. dies in the Titanic movie, and then she's in the Titanic, and she sees her right. family and friends again, and then Leo's waiting by the by the by the staircase. They they put like a little clip of that scene, and they're like. This is what the the people on on yeah. the Titan saw oh this morning. God. I'm like, damn. Yeah, the memes are a little tough, man. The memes are tough. But hey, when those people rest in peace, cold blood in. Rest yeah, in peace. Man, rest man, in they peace. rest in peace. It, yep. bro, it's it's a sh shitty situation, yeah, man. Yeah, terrible, terrible. But um, another another shitty situation I saw this week, man. And and listen, I'm I'm Catholic, man. I have nothing but respect for for the church and and all that. But man, what a bad look. Pope Francis with Miguel Diaz Canel, the Cuban. What do you even call him, president? He's a fucking dictator. Who, who, the, who the hell voted him in? Nobody, you know. And he and he's over there and the and left. The, the left calls him up for president. Yeah, and the best part is that they call they they don't even talk about human rights. Like you know, I respect the Pope more if if he's like, hey, there's, people, star there, there's, yeah, exactly. there's people starving to death in your country, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell's yeah. wrong with you? And and not even that, man. It's it's such a such a slap in the face, and 
you know, this guy was eating at uh, Pierluigi's over over in Italy, which is one of the most expensive restaurants in the world. You know, celebrities go there and, you know, yep. his, his people se dan comiendo un cable. Amando, yep. there's, there's people. Um, it sucks, man. And, uh, you know, you know, again, I'm Catholic and my uncle's a retired Catholic priest. My uncle, Uncle Peter, uh, over at St. Coleman. And, um, you know, I, I think that this Pope may enjoy that suffering a little bit, the people. Seems like it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, some people enjoy watching others suffer. I and that has nothing to do with what you are. You can be a realtor. You can be a baseball coach. You can be the Pope. You can be the president of a country. That's something that's ingrained in you. That's something that you were born with, whether you like that or not. And if you end up being someone in power that ends up with that type of personality trait, then you, you, you fucked a lot of people. Look, but I, I think I think that you have two people there that may enjoy the people suffering. Look, I I agree with so was what, back in the day. I agree with with what's in our in our belief, right? That everybody deserves forgiveness, right? You know, some more than others. I mean, there's some people that no matter what they do, I, me as a human, I don't think they deserve forgiveness, right? But forgiveness and letting this slide in this case would be if Diaz Canel went to the Pope and said, Pope, you know what? As soon as I get back to Cuba, everybody's free. Everybody could travel. Everybody could do whatever the hell they want. I'm going to, in good faith, do elections. In good faith, I'm going to, Talk to the United States, talk to these people, set up trade. I'm going to make this into a free society. Then and only then can we talk forgiveness. But you can't look at the guy in the face and, and treat him as if he's any dignitary. Look, a lot of politicians, a lot of world leaders are dicks. Yes. And, you know, some more than others. But, dude, you know, for, for as much as, you know, people dislike Donald Trump, and Joe Biden and all that, they're not cutting our, our power. They're not starving us. They're not right. telling us like, hey, Mike, Armando, you have, we control what you have. You have 20 bucks to buy groceries this week. No, but I have uh, four kids. It's the matter. You have to make a line. Yep. You have to make a line. Bro, my, my cousin in Cuba, who's um, in Trinidad, her mother, elderly, like gets COVID during one of the heights of COVID and she, she unfortunately died. But she posted video in from the hospital there. Mike, to call it a hospital is like, dude, I mean, it was it was the one of the nastiest, grossest things I've ever seen. One of the saddest things I've ever seen. This lady was shouting, Binga, mi mamá se está muriendo, I gotta go. And the old ladies, they're like dying, bro. They didn't care. Talking about the ocean. You know how many, you know how bad shit needs to be, Mike? Mm-hmm. For you to get on a raft in 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 the ocean to to travel ninety miles, bro. I'm not about the guy that flew here. <laughs> I hadn't heard about it until you and and David you know, Bella were talking you, about it today. That's nuts. Landed in Key West or whatever, but things got to be really bad, and and not just that the the desperation, the desperation. A lot of desperation, you know man. I mean? You know the desperation, um. That, that those people must feel to have to risk their lives like that. Yep. Can you imagine the desperation inside that sub- the submarine? Like, oh, my God, bro. 
Bro, to me, Mike, and I've said it before, you know, I, I, ha I like, you know, as a realtor, going back to relationships, right? I don't talk politics. I don't talk about a lot of things that may create some sort of divide because at the end of the day, yeah, you have the right to buy a house. Of course. You know, no matter what your belief is, you know, we go, we buy the house. I don't, I don't know what you do, you know, but my non-starter for me, bro, because a lot of people, oh man, you know, because... DeSantis sucks. Oh, okay, great, man. Do you want to buy this house? Awesome. Yeah. Let's buy it. Other people, bro, you have the best governor in all of all of the U.S. Okay, man. Cool. Awesome. You want to buy this house? house? Great. <laughs> for me, the non-starter is the Cuba issue, bro. Non-starter for me. If you tell me, oh, bro, because Fidel Castro is a good guy, bro. Hey. You know who's a good guy too, bro? The next realtor that actually works with you, exactly, bro? Because yeah. you could go F yourself. Yeah. No, bro. That's a non-starter yeah, for me. Yeah. Non-starter, bro. You know, um, Mando, there's a lot. I, I consider Mando. I consider my dad a lot in, in this, Mike. You know, of course. When people tell me and and look, I I don't judge. You know, a lot of my friends have traveled to Cuba. I would love to travel to Cuba one day. Would love to, when it's free. Correct. When it's free, if I go now, I might as well. You know, my dad passed away, so I might as well go spit in his grave and go slap my mom. If I do that, if I go back to Cuba right now, you know the the stuff they went through. You know, to come here, to set up a life, you know, the values instilled in me. And again, I'm not judging the people that go. That's your prerogative. You, everybody sees stuff a different way. Oh, but I want to honor where my parents. Go, yeah, go. I, I would love to see where my dad was born. I would love to see all of that. But I cannot, in good faith, as a good person, as a good son, do that to my parents. Yeah. And go to somewhere where they left, you know, perseguido. Like, you know, my dad left with death threats. We're going to fucking kill you. We know yeah. where your daughter is in the U.S. We're going to get her if you leave. And my dad left, and he said his whole flight from from Havana to Miami, he thought the plane halfway through was going to do psych, <laughs> turn around and drop him back off. That's that's a, the mental torture these people had, yeah. man. Like, people don't understand. You know, people think it's a freaking joke, and it's not. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it, it's a very touchy issue for me, man. And And look, and I don't... Again, I don't judge the people that have gone. I don't judge the people that, you know, were born there and, and might see it as like, hey, maybe it wasn't that bad or whatever. I go by the experiences of my family. Yeah, I think, and, I think and, the majority of mind I, that, you know, that, that, the, that went through that. I think the majority of the people are clueless about that, Armando. And it sucks. I think the majority of the people are, are real clueless with that. It sucks. Um, I feel like, and, the, you know, and, the Cubans uh, are alone in this. And there's other commies here, bro. <laughs> All the communists here, bro. Gotta be careful with that shit. There are, unfortunately, man. Gotta be careful with that shit. Bro. I remember my my dad's my dad's cousin uh, passed away many years ago, man. I mean, I I, I remember uh, the Yankees. I think we're playing the World Series with Shane Spencer. That's a long time wow. ago it was. Uh -huh. um, and I remember when he passed away. This guy was a political prisoner for twenty four years, um, you know, and and some comunita shows up showed up to the to the funeral home, man. To cause a little ruckus there and the explicit political prisoners, oh yeah, I said, but uh, and I'm like, dude, let the guy rest in yeah, peace, man. Yeah. You know, like probably the same people that that que lo encarcelaron and tortured him. You know, like you know, they, they made a movie about it, like lo, lo plantado, I think. You know, that um, you know, a guy runs into, hey, wasn't that that guy, bro? Like, you know, kind of like in Scarface, he wants, hey, he isn't, that, isn't that Revenga? <laughs> wasn't he in the Castro regime? You know, um. 
But, dude, touchy, touchy, touchy subject, man. And it's like, as a Catholic, you know, you're like, I know it's the Pope, it's the head of our church, but, hey, this time I think he's in the wrong, bro. Yeah, bad luck. You know, some people don't realize that even um, there's some things in life that they you may see them right or you may see them wrong, but they're just flat-out bad looks. You know yep. what I mean? And uh, they missed a memo on that one. Yeah, man, I didn't like it. Yeah. My and really quick, so yesterday, uh, so today's June twenty second. Yesterday, June twenty first, would have been my dad's ninety eighth birthday. Yo, no, ninety eight, man. man. Felicidades. You know? And you know, sending a shout out all the way to heaven. Oh, yeah. uh, pero, pero, bro, like my, my, so we went to a mass at St. Brendan yesterday, and you know, like the the priest was there praying. You know, like. When they say, oh, you know, for, for Pope John Paul, I mean, Pope John Paul, for Pope Francis, for, you know, Thomas Wensky, no sé qué. And he's like, oh, le, oramos por el, pa, el, papa, el Papa Francisco. And my mom goes, el Papa Comunista. <laughs> and she said it, like, loud enough that the lady Echo. behind her probably, like, like heard, you know. And, and, and oh. Anna, my wife, looked at her like, like, hey, did you hear what your hey. mom said? You know, but. You know what's beautiful hey. about that? Protected by the First Amendment. Oh, yeah. Say whatever she wants. And my dad was probably smiling from heaven, <laughs> he like, like he said, yeah, bro. You, you know, that's a good one, man. Absolutely, awesome. but but yeah, man, this is dude. I, hey, forty was great. Forty was great. We got wow. and talked about getting old, life, man. life stuff, bro. Getting old. Life begins at forty. Hey, we're having some good shows, expanding the uh, horizon a little yep. bit. Yep, and we have so, a, a guest next week. Next week, we'll have a uh, coach Eric in there. Yep. Talk about his umpire days. Yeah, man. We've got some questions for him. I want to talk umpiring. I want to know about his baseball beginnings yep. and how he yep. got into it, man. But it should be We're a good in. one. See ya.